Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's Charity Stripe. It's free throws because they're free. Fisher, Disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. It's Thursday, December 14th. Shout out to anyone listening on the Mitre ESPN 1090. If you're joining on the pod, you're joining on YouTube, you're joining on Twitter, wherever. Welcome. Hope you guys are enjoying. I guess this is the holiday season. Football games in the NFL will be played on Saturdays now. So you know what that means? It's draft time for a lot of teams. Time to talk about the NFL draft. The Panthers are in last place by a mile, but their first-round pick is conveyed to the Chicago Bears via the trade that occurred last year when they moved up to get Bryce Young. They, oh, look, there we go. The holiday season. Thank you. The lights are on. The lights are on, baby. Um, so right now the Bears hold the first pick from the Pats, the Cardinals, um, and the Commanders, um, and then it kind of breaks down from there. So let's go through it, guys. I want to ask you all, is it still – if you're the Chicago Bears, based off Justin Fields winning last week in Detroit, have you seen enough from Fields so far? Have you seen enough from your team that you're going to balk at taking one of these quarterbacks? And with the the narrative, the way and the narrative the quarterbacks have, like it's no longer Caleb Williams is a lock to be the first overall player taken, let alone the first quarterback taken, right? So the narrative is shifting with a lot with these quarterbacks. If you're the Chicago Bears, you have the first pick. Are you trading it? Are you taking a quarterback and you know moving on from Fields? Or have you seen enough from Fields? Like, all right, we could try to build around this guy, sign him on somewhat of a cheaper deal than he would anticipate had he been balling out, and maybe take a Marvin Harrison Jr. and draft a wide receiver for the first time uh, since Keyshawn Johnson first overall. I I personally think that they're gonna hold on to him, and and I would too, honestly. I think you just need some more. Um, maturing under his belt and maybe the right coaching staff to um you know get him to a place where he's a confident thrower um you know we we saw how Jalen was when he first entered the league and like I know that this is Justin's third season now but at the end of the day like it does take time to adjust and when you're thrown into a position being on a team as bad as the Bears are it's it's hard to adjust you know I mean we always say all the time you're a product of your environment and sometimes it can screw up your development but if they go out and get some guys around him, you know, put together a good line, get some weapons for him to throw to. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. would be awesome, obviously. But uh, I really think that, you know, they can make it work with him. And he's proven that he can win ball games. I mean, you can win at this level. If it was a complete disaster and they were losing every single game and he was throwing four picks a game and he couldn't move at all, like, it could be a different story. But the athleticism is there. I mean, people were taking him as, like, sometimes the the fifth or sixth quarterback in fantasy football this season i mean it mm. people have confidence in him and his ability is there so i'm willing to ride it out and as you said caleb isn't the lock now to be number one i mean there's questions with with the uh mental makeup and the personality traits and you know drake may could end up taking over uh, and you know if you don't get a guy this year there's still talented guys next year there's guys coming in the draft that you could you could reassess, but I think if you have two early first round picks, go out and build. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't build what you have because you can get guys who can day one start right now and make a difference for the team right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, toss. Yeah, it's it's for me at least personally not trying to 
actually be polls right now and be the, the Chicago Bears GM and just how I feel about it. My opinion changes almost every single day on it because especially over the last three weeks, like Nick's saying, like Fields is playing his best football right now, um, which to me also means he could be at his highest trade value, at least since he's actually touched the field in the NFL. You have him for one more year under contract mm-hmm. for a $6 million cap hit. If you keep him, you're about to have to pay him. And he's going to make just by ways of what other quarterbacks are making right now. And, and by the fact that he would be a starting QB for the Chicago bears, he would be making North of 30 million. I would say certainly per year um, and or around there, right? He, every QB that's a starting QB at this point is going to make significant money. That's going to take a big hit of your cap after their rookie contract. And I think because of that, I, I, my, my heart of hearts is telling me that you have to trade him, unfortunately. And you have to get into a, a rookie deal with one of these QBs that you can guarantee getting a guy who has a very, very high ceiling, whether you like Caleb Williams or you like Drake may, um, and you get as much value as you can from fields. You turn that pick into another player to bolster that depth. You have your, what will presumably be like the fifth or sixth pick. You could even trade back if you wanted to, because there's a, there's a bit of a steep drop off. I would say after, you know, the top three guys, um, just from a prospect ranking, maybe, maybe, you know, throwing Olafun in there as well at the top. Cause I know a lot of people like him as their favorite tackle, but, um, you could trade back, you could get maybe two first rounders or, or pick up a, a second rounder, um, and, and move back from that five spot just to bring in more guys on the roster because they, they still need help offensively and defensively, but you've got your number one wide receiver. You've got DJ Moore. So whether it's fields or Williams or may throwing to that guy, I, I like their situation there. We like their running back room a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think Deontay Foreman has stepped up and will become kind of their lead back of the future. And then if you like Herbert, you get rid of Herbert, you keep Roshan, doesn't really matter. Um, but providing more weapons for whoever the QB is. And then the defense has shown some bright spots. And of course, you just need to continue to build it. Um, the line has gotten better. Like everything is trending in the right direction for this Bears team. And so I think with that, to, to remain with fields, while it could be beneficial for the next two years, is it going to work out for the next four years, right? Like I I almost feel like you have to move off of them. I mean, I know some people are saying you keep both, right? You keep, you keep fields and you bring in Williams and you see what happens, right? And you you sit Williams for a year in fields and then he's at the end of his contract and then you can figure out exactly what you want to do. Um, But I, I feel like you kind of have to make a decision here. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't disagree with anything you said. I think everything you said bodes correct to us. Um, but ultimately, I, I think I side with Nick, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think the point you brought up about a lot of the areas this team getting better, I agree with. I think after trading a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, kudos to this Bears front office for being gutsy again and making that sim- similar move for Montez Sweat with the Commanders. But this guy is way more of an impact player. He's been fantastic. He's kind of transformed this defense. They're three and one in the last four games. So they're now like they've gone from a team that's been a walkover, you know, to a team with a quarterback who can't stay healthy to a team that's three and one. And they, one of those games is against Detroit. And the other game they lost, the only other game they lost to was Detroit and they played them really tight. They only lost by five points. So this Bears team has become pretty competitive. Um, and I'm not saying it's all because of Montez Sweat, obviously the health of Justin Fields, players maturing, players getting more acclimated. 
but the running back room has been decimated the entire year as well. Uh, DJ Moore has been a great pickup, but they've kind of already moved on their way. They've drafted pretty well. They've picked up veteran pieces. So there are guys in, and they made moves in the off season to bring some guys into the linebacker spot and free agency. So they've made moves. Now you're sitting here at the first overall pick. I I'm with you. I think I, I know Stroud has been great this year and I know Justin Herbert and pass, but I'm just a big proponent of sitting a guy for a year you know, and letting him hold the clipboard and letting him get acclimated to the NFL. I think it pays huge dividends. I think Bryce Young, despite being the first overall pick, would have benefited from it. I think Zach Wilson would have benefited from it. Heck, maybe even Mac Jones, even even though he made the playoffs his rookie year. Sitting a year and not being thrown right into the fire when your franchise isn't necessarily ready, you know, c- can really, you know, help a guy's growth rather than stunt it. Although, like I'm saying, I do think the Bears are more win now than people give them credit for. But I do think part of that is because of Fields and how dynamic he can be and how he's grown as a thrower. So if you're sitting there with the first overall pick, you know, rather than take a chance on one of these QBs, you can go, okay, my QB isn't the best quarterback in the league right now, but I have stability. There are a lot of teams in the NFL, their quarterback, they don't have one. They have to go and draft one. They have to. Or their quarterback is injured. Burrow hurt again. Jones hurt cousins hurt like Kenny Pickett. Like, you know, now you're in, he's, that's a real rock and a hard place. Like, is he the guy? And he's hurt. So you can't even really tell. Right. So there's a lot of injuries around the league. Deshaun Watson hurt and you don't have a first round pick. So the bears quarterback situation is actually a lot better than I think it gets credit for. So ultimately like a guy like Fashanu, the offensive tackle from Penn state, who he brought up, yes, is I think the overall best tackle, although Joel Alt from Notre Dame is a good option. Um, and he yeah. could play across the line. So early, so you don't have to kick him out to tackle right away uh, in the NFL. So you could take one of those two guys first overall, or Marvin Harrison Jr., who we all love, you know, or you could take, you know, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, who I think people are going to see in the bright stage. And we we may be a, an unfortunate, you know, circumstance of, of, of seeing how good he is, right, in the Sugar Bowl. Like, I think people are going to realize, like, this guy's a real baller in a top 10 pick. So you could take him at five. Um, and again, like I said at the top, you could trade the pick. So ultimately, I side with keeping Justin Fields. I think he, I don't know if he's the guy guy, but I think he's good enough to warrant that shot and warrant that cap hit and, and warrant riding out and, and making those two draft picks either in the trenches. You could get a, you know, you could get two trench guys um, or get a real playmaker, generational playmaker like Marvin Harrison Jr. and then stay there at the five, trade back or, you know, make a pick in, in the trenches with one of these offensive linemen or one of these really premier edge guys. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, I mentioned the option of keeping fields and drafting a QB. You can yeah. also trade fields, sign a veteran QB and have that guy start over whoever you draft to. Like, it doesn't have to be fields if you're taking May or Williams if you want to sit him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong in that their QB situation is not as murky as some of the other NFL teams, but I'd also push back a little bit and say that, you know, we've seen a lot of Justin Fields and while it's looked as best as it has over the last three weeks prior to that, it looked pretty, pretty darn bad. So sure, it's not that like we know exactly who this guy is now because we've watched three weeks of, of good tape on him. And now going forward, he's going to be this exact same player and better than that for the rest of his NFL career. I can't say that. Um, I would say signs and consistency point to it not happening. And the fact that he can't stay healthy either, like, that's a factor as well. So I, I, I expect that the rest of his career will look a lot better than the first two years did. And I think whether he stays with the bears or goes elsewhere, like this is a guy that's going to be a starting QB. Um, 
Now, is he going to be a top eight guy? Like, I, I don't think so. But but maybe, you know, in the right circumstances and you put the right pieces around him, whether it's Chicago or elsewhere, like, it, you could get there. Um, I at least know that there's some confirmation from, you know, how you felt originally about it, Josh, during that draft that the Mac Jones should have gone after Justin Fields. And I, I completely agree with that sentiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I obviously biased because of my Ohio state ties. Um, but I, I really feel, I feel the potential was there for him. I didn't even know. We didn't even really see him like a rusher like that. And well, that's what it, I was about to say. Cause you're saying like, he's got a lot better as a passer, but he actually was drafted to be a guy more so a passer. Yeah. got about better as a runner. Um, yeah. quickly little break in the action. We're going to get to fantasy, but we have Jordan kill too. uh, jumping in the comments right here. Half PPR Olave or Adams, uh, Devonte Adams or Chris Olave. Chris Olave lines up on Sunday against the giants. Devonte Adams against Nikki snacks, poorest defense and Brandon Staley's defense. That's not, that's not my team. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So Nick former, the former team of Nikki snacks, credit Devonte Adams lines up half PPR against the chargers on Thursday night. Who would you guys go with? Uh, well, I am going to go with Adams. Um, I mean, as you're hearing this in 1090, he's already kicked off and playing, Sure, but, um, you know, there was there was uncertainty who the quarterback was going to be, and uh, honestly, I don't think it matters. I think they're going to feed Adams. I think it's going to be the game plan, try to expose this Chargers defense for as much as possible. I mean, Chargers offense is not going to be able to move the ball a lot, so I imagine that the Raiders are going to have a lot of opportunities to get the ball to Devontae. Mm -hmm. Toss? Yeah, I I think I like Olave, honestly. Um, I just think the Chargers defense has looked a little bit better over the last two games. I think that Khalil has continued to get good pressure. Thule has has done some work up the middle, um, <clears throat> and I just don't really trust this Raiders offense. So I, I don't think either are going to trust have great... the Saints offense. Well, I trust the consistency of the fact that Chris Olave has has had good production throughout the season, um, and I and I know that he's going to get peppered with targets, and I and presumably De Devontae Adams will too. Honestly, I don't love either of these guys that much. Like. Whereas if you just look at the player at the beginning of the season, I would say they're a must start every single week. Like that hasn't been the case really for either of them. Um, while they're both having decent seasons, it's not the seasons that we expected from these guys. So, um, I, I mean, you can't really go wrong. Hopefully like you can play Adams and then flex Olave and you're not. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's I, like, yeah, I, at the beginning of the season, this would be a great problem to have as it stands right now. Like the saints play the giants. The giants are also playing really good football and their defense is not bad. Like that's the kicker right there. Like the Giants don't have a bad defense. I you know think what's crazy? Of, yeah. Is if you drafted Alave and Adams and you had Justin Jefferson on your roster and you had, you know, Justin Herbert, you'd be probably missing the playoffs. Or you could be knocked out in the first round. Like one of our buddies, uh, Morgan LaCorn in our league, he's got Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Jonathan Taylor. He's about to get bounced. In my other league, I had I had Justin. I was in first place. I was undefeated through ten weeks. I had Justin Herbert. I had Jamar Chase. I had Keenan Allen. Herbert's done for the year. Keenan Allen's out tonight, and you know he and and going forward, fine. I have a buy. Like going forward, like his production's hurt because there's no Herbert. And then without you know Burrow, Jamar Chase is diminished. Even though Browning's been balling a little. Yep. Browning's been balling. Gary so Wilson's it's another one. I mean, this year oh, yeah. been ridiculous. I mean, a guy who takes Raheem Moster in the eighth or ninth round, you know, is a lot more successful than half the people that have, that have taken the superstars that we're used to. 
Yeah. Um, we got a guy in the comments uh, for the 1090 listeners. This guy has seen the future. He 49ers over Jags, 45-20, um, Purdy MVP. I, I, I'm assuming that's his Super Bowl pick right there. Uh, I don't think the Jaguars are, are making the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe we could b- go before we go back to the draft. Uh, this was also on our docket. Who's the fifth best team in the league? I put out something on our Instagram, the top five teams in the NFL. I think we're all comfortable saying the 49ers are the number one team in the NFL. I, th- I had the Dallas Cowboys at two. I had the Ravens at three, the Eagles at four. I think in some capacity, those are the top four teams. Who's yep. the fifth team for you guys? Uh, I mean, it's tough. I, I would have said the Dolphins, but they had a brutal collapse last week on Monday night at home. Um, yeah, at home, which I mean, as they showed a stat like 700 and something teams have basically won that game with three minutes left up by 14 and, and they lost. Um, that was just a, a total blunder there, but I think I still got to give it to them, honestly. I mean, their, their offense is super dynamic. Tyreek was in and out during that game. Um, they have suffered a lot of injuries on their defense, mm-hmm. the defensive side of the ball for themselves. They've lost a starter each week, but um, you know, I think they're going to band together and, and I, I really believe in this offense, honestly. Mm-hmm. Toss. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough, right? Like you could throw record wise, right? The dolphins and the lions are right there. Right. Yeah. Um, but you guys know how I feel about the lions mm-hmm. and I think they're good but I think they're still missing things, but so are the dolphins. And and that's, you know, why they lost last week. Um, but they have the X factor as long as Tyreek Hill is playing, then I would take the dolphins over the lions. Sure. Um, as, as impactful as Amon Ra is and, and the running backs, Montgomery and Gibbs. Um, I, I still just, there's nothing quite like Tyreek Hill out there. Um, but it's tough. Like I, I'm, I'm right. pressed. Like, not to say like the Browns, honestly, because I was going to ask you, I was going to throw you guys some teams. Fantastic. And Joe Flacco is stepping <laughs> in and he did, re- he played really well in that first start. He's a good game manager. He throws the ball down the field, gets Cooper involved. Like even though Chubb's not in, they still have been able to run the ball effectively. They're really well coached. Is he the um, coach of the year, by the way? He lost to Sean Watson and Nick Chubb. And this team is eight and five. It's yeah, not a bad I mean, point. There's a lot of coaches who have really impressed me this year, to be completely honest. And McCarthy. It's a close race. More. It's a close I think race. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I I'd probably I'd probably put the Browns fifth, though, which is maybe a crazy take. And in two weeks, I might look stupid saying that. But right now, like their defense is just so good. And they're gonna be in any game they play. I mean, that yeah. they, mild child you mentioned the jags i just i don't trust them no one in that fifth spot do i trust so it's it's up for grabs completely i don't even Chiefs. necessarily trust the eagles that much i need to see the eagles sure take care of business slide. the next four weeks against a really easy schedule um and that they'll probably end up you know fourth third on that list at, yeah there's a, there's a, definitely a lot of pretenders in this in this game today i i think it's very clear who the top four are and, and then any, anything past that you know it's a lot of hoopla but then the day we've seen it every single season, you know, in NFL history, you just get in and you get hot at the right time. And, you know, potentially you win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's happened, it's happened to the Giants, you know, unfortunately against Josh's team that was undefeated that, you know, looked like the best team of all time. And they got best by a, a wild card team. So oh, yeah. as long as you get in the playoffs, I mean, you've got a shot here, but 
Toss, I'm gonna say I, I think this looks like the best chance I've seen in a long time for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, giving you a real oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's unfortunate that uh one in seven AFC postseason. There's another mild child back in the comments. One in seven AFC postseason. Jags, Dolphins, Ravens, Chiefs, Colts, Bills, Texans. So that's I, yeah. I mean, Shane Steichen is another guy you got to throw out for coach of the year. Like losing his quarterback, what he's done. This is a top tier defense. Actually, weirdly, I mean, from a fantasy perspective. Sorry, I had them on my fantasy list. They're a top ten fantasy defense. Isn't that crazy? The Colts. Like no Shaq Leonard. He's like off the team. Like <laughs> this team is still performing. He's playing for the Eagles well. now. Yeah, he's playing for the Eagles. Pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you, Nick. This is the outside of the 49ers. There's no team that's more complete to me than the Cowboys. You have a quarterback playing at the MVP level. Obviously, the offensive line is so held. And say what you will about Jerry Jones. The dude drafts the offensive line better than anybody. Um, can't miss. Your receiver's probably a top three receiver in the league. At some days, number two. Um, and then with that, with Justin Jefferson being injured. And then you have a top five defensive player. And when you have all those things, not to mention, I want to shout out my boy, Gilly Locke, Stephon Gilmore, who has been dope for you guys. And yeah, I would famer. I, honestly, if anyone just like likes watching defensive backfield tape, go He's watch sick. this game against the Eagles. It's one of the best games I've ever seen a corner play. He was unbelievable. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah. A quick, quick pause for the 1090 listeners. We'll see you guys after the break. We're going to get more fantasy football talk for you guys. For the 1090 listeners, we're back, baby. For everyone sticking with us, what up again? A quick, quick break. Um, back to what we were talking about, the Dallas Cowboys having their best shot before we get to fantasy football. Uh, but, yeah, back to the Stephon Gilmore tape. He's fantastic. You know, it, it's a shame that we won't see him and Diggs in the playoffs together or, or deep in the season because that could have been the, one of the better cornerback dudes we've seen in a long time. We talk all the time about guys going off and, and retiring on a high note, right? Right. Winning a Super Bowl retiring Peyton sure. and did it um you know obviously we would have liked to see tom do it um but you know it is what it is jerry jones if they get it done you think he steps down as their gm i don't know he's like 81 years old right now is warren buffett retired this is a serious question no right he's still he still cooks right how old, i can you look up how, how involved is warren buffett though he, i the thing is i think there are guys out there and girl and women out there that will work to the day they die. Yeah. If you were Jerry, I, Jerry Jones, so. like he'll, Jerry Jones loves this, bro. If you were Jerry Jones, would you stop? Hell no, man. Like this is all, what do we, we love football, dude. I would be there. True. I would be, at, I would never leave. I would, they would no, have at to the end of the day. I, no, I'm not saying like sell the team, step down. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying from a GM I'm saying like the GM position, you know, yeah. you've gotten your Super Bowl. Now it's time to chill a little bit, but I will say that, Sometimes work keeps people, keeps old people staying young yes. and fresh and active. And, you know, they, it gives them a reason to get up out of bed and not, uh, you know, let their joints fail on them and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, maybe this is good for his health at the end of the day, but I don't know. I, I'd like to see, uh, you know, what the, the Cowboys look like, you know, not GM by Jerry Jones. It could be a whole different story. I mean, he's a tremendous drafter, you know, say what you will. He's definitely got awesome scouts on his, on his team. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like results, he hasn't won a Super Bowl since the, since the nine, 27 years, you know? Yeah. 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 Hey, Josh, I, I do want to say like, how dare you besmirch Deron Bland like that? Because I would love to see oh my God, out there sorry, too with yeah, Gilmore, duh, but like, Deron Bland, yeah. Uh, we, yeah. we've essentially still had the best DB duo. I'm sorry. In, yeah. In the, I apologize. In the NFL. Yeah. 
He's a yeah. guy I was said should be defensive player of the year. Like six, he not only has eight interceptions, but six of them going for points. Like I, I it's so I wanted to do like a this is kind of a tangent, but I want to do a stat check because Orlovsky, who I really love, was has really been riding Josh Allen and how impressive he is and how great you know of a quarterback he is. And he obviously he is a supreme talent, but he does turn the ball over so much. And I wanted to do like really like analyze his turnovers and see what happened after that interception or fumble to the other team that result in other teams getting points. Because not only is Bland getting the interceptions, six of those interceptions resulted in 36 point swings. He's like that's he's a 36 points. He's got more touchdowns than Travis Kelsey this season. That's like that shouldn't be diminished. If we're if we're counting that for offensive players. The fact that you're doing that is so impressive. Mild child in the comments, you can't see it on 1090, but he loves us. We love you too, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to you and your family, of course. But yeah, man, I look, man, I, I pull for the Cowboys for you, Toss, but also I, I, th- I like Dak a lot. I think what he stands for off the field doesn't get a lot of credit sometimes in the media outside of Dallas. Uh, and, and I think he's just really such a stand up guy. So if you really take a deeper dive on a guy like Dak Prescott, like, He's tough not to root for, despite, you know, kind of the circus that the Cowboys do conduct at times. But there's a lot of fun players on that team. All right, let's get to fantasy football, gents. Crazy. We love fantasy football, Nick. I I feel bad for you, man. You usually are pretty dominant in fantasy football space. I know it was a tougher season for you. Um, you're missing out on our Los Angeles League of the playoffs, Toss and I. First place, 10 and 4. Great season for gotta have a kittle in the band. Um, but let's go through. Not necessarily like our awards, like, okay, best fantasy player, because I think we know who that was. But your biggest surprise is your first team big surprise, your second team. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and a defense at each of those slots. I could kick us off, um, and I could go with the quarterback position first. My first team big surprise at the quarterback spot, Sam Howell. Uh, I, I think a lot of people felt that this is a job where Jacoby Brissett, who was a, one of the highest paid backups in the league, if not the highest paid backup of the league and one of the most proven backups in the league, you know, Sam Howell is on a short leash. And if this team's not winning and they're not performing, Jacoby Brissett's going to be inserted for the commanders. This team's not winning. They're not really performing, but Sam Howell, you know, has been somewhat of a bright spot for this team and has done enough, I think to earn another shot, uh, the starting quarterback position next year for the commanders who are about to set a record in sacks allowed. Like they are going to have to take one of those tackles from Notre Dame or Penn state uh, at the four spot. So he's put up really great production. That's my first team. And then second team, CJ Stroud, you know, he's a top 10 quarterback in fantasy this year. And as a rookie, it's, it's really impressive what he's done, you know, in real life, but also in fantasy, he's putting up some serious numbers and he doesn't even really run the ball that much. So it's, it's mainly been in the air. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, being surprised by bad and good, or just just good? oh, I would lo- I did just good, but I would love a, a, if you want to throw some bad in there, Nick. That's a it's a nice turn. Well, I mean, injuries aside, I mean, I, yeah, I think you can't really like throw Burrow in the mix. I mean, that's sure. that's just, like unfair to him, Kirk Cousins. Um, look, I'll, I'll throw Brock Purdy as my my good surprise. I mean, yeah. yes, like we we know the hype and everything like that, and the the talent that he's surrounded by, but he still has to execute at the end of the day and he goes out and puts his nuts on the table and balls mm-hmm. out each and every week and you know he's a favorite to win the mvp now so he's definitely got my love as as also and look we've been we've been surprised since day one i mean when we saw him in, at texas when he was playing at iowa state you know I and mean, we know the type of player he was but at the end of the day it was no one that struck fear in us you know we, we always thought mm-hmm. that he was a backup at best um but 
look, man, I, I'm, I'm really rooting for the kid. I think he's done everything to prove himself to be a legitimate starter in this league and demands a lot of respect. Um, a, a bad surprise, I would say, this season for me. Um, I'm going to say Matthew Stafford. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy that I think a lot of people had at, at top 10, but, you know, at the end of the day, like he did suffer from injuries here and there. But I just think, like, it, it might be time to hang it up pretty soon. You know, I oh, think. Oh, wow. It's, it's it's ran its course, you know, at, at the end of the day. I mean, you've suffered some injuries. You got your Super Bowl. You know, I mean, being in Detroit all those years, obviously you got out and got a Super Bowl. That's that's good enough, I think. Um, I think maybe he's got one or two more years left on, on his career. Mm-hmm. Nice toss. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys I mean, you could take a us to running. Sorry, you could take us to running backs too after. You get the first crack at that. Okay. Um, yeah, I think all the guys worth mentioning – that you guys threw out there um, are, are good picks. How no one even thought that guy was going to be a backup in fantasy. And then he became yeah. a reliable starter, which it, it maybe even a keeper for some people in, in certain leagues. I don't know. Yeah, I dropped um, him. But, but yeah. And I don't think yeah, you were like, league. you were wrong to do that. Like you wouldn't have known any better at the beginning of the season. How could you have? Um, yeah. Well, cause at I, the time I had Anthony Richardson and Jalen. And then I was like, right. all right, well, yeah, I, I would say I'll do a I'll do a disappointment that you guys a surprising disappointment that you guys didn't throw out there. Mahomes. I mean, mm. Josh Allen in most leagues, in standard scoring leagues, uh, and half point PPR, full point PPR, because QB differentiation doesn't really matter when you're talking about that. Average 23 points per game. He's one point ahead of everyone else. Jalen Hurts is 22, and the next guy is 20, Dak Prescott. And Mahomes is 18. And you expect Mahomes when you draft him in fantasy, when they're drafting him in the first round, some people, which I think is always a reach for a QB. Um, but depending on how your scoring is, depending on if you have a super flex, multiple QBs, you need from Mahomes 20 plus points per game. And when he's not giving you that, then he's not worth the same as Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts because he doesn't Ooh. he doesn't rush as much as them. He doesn't get into the end zone with his legs as much as them. Um, which I understand you, you want to protect that guy. And it's not like he's been terrible this season. Um, but he hasn't been the same guy that could win you a league and always get you 25, 26 points week in, week out. Um, so I, it's, a, it's a disappointment. And we expect a lot from him, obviously. So mm-hmm. um, that that was uh, definitely my my top of the list there. Um, I mean, we're talking about surprising picks. First team all running back has to be Kyron Williams for me. I mean, the guy has been an absolute stud. He's the, mm-hmm. the second ranked running back in all of fantasy football right now. He has gotten so many red zone looks and he's been so efficient. I actually think we would have seen this guy last season for the Rams. If he hadn't gotten hurt in the preseason, they liked him a lot there. Um, So I know a lot of Ram hardcore Rams fans aren't really surprised that he was able to do what he's been able to do this year. Um, And then Nick, you mentioned it before, but Raheem Mostert, who at this point is a 30 year old running back and is still able to be as productive as he is. The speed, speed, baby can't coach speed, speed kills. And um, McDaniel is able to use him perfectly. So both those guys have been tremendous yeah. this season, fantasy-wise. T- tied the Dolphins' uh, franchise record for rushing touchdowns in a season. Bananas. It's nuts. And and at the same time, he's doing it with you know pretty talented running back room. I mean, Devon Achan we, that we love. I mean, obviously, he's battled some injuries, but the fact that they're able to do this with a bunch of guys – and that's, oh, yeah. I think that's, that's the end of the day, like why he's so successful is that there's just so many different gadgets that that offense presents that teams have to game plan for every little thing there. I mean, there's so much attention on the cheetah. There's attention on Waddle, you know, there's attention on the other running backs in the room too. So yeah, I mean, it's awesome that he's able to do that. And it's cool that he's getting a lot of highlighting, 
in hard knocks. I mean, it's fun to watch this team. I mean, it's so many good personalities in, in South beach. Um, yeah, Kyron's a good one too. Um, you know, obviously he jumped on the scene a little bit late just because of the injuries. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely gotten some, some good run here. I'm going to go Travis Etienne. I, I think, you know, he's a guy that people had on their radar yeah. and, you know, to be maybe a running back two, running back three heading into the season, but he's sitting here as the number three overall running back in all of fantasy football. Um, we knew the productivity coming out of college. Obviously we were high on him when he got drafted, um, but I don't know. We necessarily thought that it was going to be, you know, this successful this season, you know, more successful than Bijan, more successful than Derek Henry, more successful than Josh Jacobs, you know, yeah, uh, all, all these guys that, that we love Eckler. And that's my other one, Eckler. He's, he's a huge disappointment at this season. I mean, started off a little rocky to start, but then they, man, this, this team just has so many woes left and right um, as, as an organization. And it really stems from the top, you know, and I think there's just a lot of bad juju going around. He entered this, this uh, year in contract discussions, you know, talking about how he was going to hold out and potentially, you know, go demanding a trade. And I respect the fact that he actually decided to play and not hold out, but it has been a, a really brutal, you know, last season for Eckler. And uh, you know, obviously I don't think he's going to be a charger next season, but he's a guy that some people took number one overall. And he's sitting here at this number two ranked number 22 ranked fantasy football running back. Miserable. Yeah. It's a huge downfall. And I think, you know, the beauty of Achan in, in, in Miami, like it gives Mostert fresh legs. It gives him time to come off the field and utilize his speed and utilize his skill set. So I think that actually ends up helping him, right? And so he's not getting run into the ground. Where Elker, Elk, Eckler doesn't really have a guy to spell. He's like supposed to be the every down back, but he's not, he's not even an every down back, you know, like he's even said that on our show. So I, I think that's hurt him. That's a really good disappointment. Um, you guys threw out ETN. You guys threw out Mostert. I'll throw out Rashad White. He's a guy that we had a lot of doubts about, and he's had a really phenomenal season, a top five running back in fantasy PPR. Um, and the other guy I'll throw out is Kamara. He missed the first three games, and he's still top 10. And he, he's been the bright spot for this New Orleans Saints team who does not have a lot to cheer about. And he could become available next year in trade free agency. You know, I, I think, I don't think his contract's up actually. So it'd have to be trade. So uh, he's going to be a guy that's really heavily valued. And I, I think there are serious teams that can go and pick him up and, and add him to a championship roster, um, which would be exciting to see receivers. Fortunately, there's been so many good ones. I can all go positive here. Um, Puka has to be number one. I think that'd be number one on everyone's list from a big surprise. Like <laughs> came out of nowhere, but an absolute monster for, for the Rams and looks like he's here to stay. And Adam Thielen still a top 15 running uh, wide receiver and, and, you know, in fantasy and he's still kicking a lot of it's garbage time. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be sustainable necessarily for the rest of the season as Jonathan Mingo continues to move up the depth chart and be Bryce Young's top target. But Thielen had a really strong season and he probably won some people, some serious games, the flex or wide, re wide receiver three spot. So those are my receivers back to you, Nick. I'm going to go Nico Collins. Great he's one. He's a guy that I think has, has had some huge weeks. He Matt, did, yeah. He did battle a couple of injuries. He went out last week, which was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, anytime a guy can drop 35 points uh, multiple times in a season, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with. And I'm really excited just to see what this Texans offense is going to be able to do in years to come with another year of seasoning under their belt for CJ Stroud and getting more chemistry with their guys. And, you know, take Dell's another guy who went down in injuries. And I think that also helps Nico's production as well, having a guy across from him that demands a lot of attention. So uh, Nico Collins for me, I think is my number one. And then my number two, I'm trying to look for a, a disappointing one. I mean, 
the end of the day, I mean, like there's, we talked about it already. Like Devonte Adams was a guy that I think had, you know, maybe been a first round draft pick for a lot of people, sometimes second round and just did not live up to that value, which is unfortunate. And a lot of it just has to do with the instability that they have at the quarterback position and kind of where their, their team is at and how often they're able to get him the ball. Um, you know, you're not surprised this season to see Devonte have a game where he has two points or four points. I mean, it happened multiple times this season. So throw Devonte out there. Great one. T dot. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about the wide receiver position is that if you look at, you know, the top 15 in fantasy, like a lot of those guys were guys that we picked with our first three rounds, right? With yeah. Our first three round draft picks, which is good. Like if you took Tyree kill in the first round, like you were, you're thrilled what he gave you this season. And, and same thing with CD lamb, obviously, which, you know, a, a lot of people took a risk and took that guy as a first round draft pick in, in fantasy football. And they were rewarded for that. And he's been fantastic this season. Um, yeah. You mentioned Puka. I, I'll just throw this guy out there. Cause like quietly, like he's been a wide receiver one, Michael Pittman jr. Has been fantastic this year and Great. it's been with different QBs Richardson. But then he gets hurt Gardner Minshew, of course, and he's just been solid, steady, full point, half point PPR. I mean, he scores enough touchdowns, but he gets a lot of receptions and a lot of yards. Like he just, he's an innings eater. Like any, he, and he just is very solid for you. And a lot of people had him probably as their wide receiver too. Um, and I, I love the, the Nico Collins picnic. Um, I'll throw out there. I mean, Cortland Sutton, like this guy is a guy that you got late in your draft. This is a guy that was getting picked. I think his ADP was like between 90 and 110 when we were drafting. And he has been Russell Wilson's number one target. He's been very reliable. He gets into the end zone. And I think a lot of people, like when you get that kind of value out of a guy that you're probably considering to be a bench guy or a borderline flex wide receiver, um, it's a huge win. We also just have a, we just love Cortland Sutton. So I just had to. Uh, he's him. tied in second in the league in touchdowns. Yeah, he got ten receiving touchdowns. Like he's had a month. He's been a massive red zone target. He's been the number one guy in Denver, clear, clearing Jerry Judy. So yeah, uh, that's a good one. Quickly, I'll go tight ends for us. Um, my tight end one surprise. I I gotta go in Joku. I I think you know we we've been waiting for him to break out and talk about a QB care. So I think he's actually had like a really strong season. So I'm gonna go David Joku. Um, and then number two, he could be number one, but I actually think we had a lot of like. You had high expectations for him weirdly in this offense. So Sam Laporta, yeah, the Laporte rookie, bodies. but we also, but I didn't put him at one because I thought we were, I, I really I mean, felt rookie, that we thought rookie tight ends are rookie tight ends are never expected to, to burst not, out on the scene. And I know that the landscape has changed a little bit. So like, that's why we weren't necessarily going to be surprised, but I didn't expect him to do this. Like, I think it's very fair to have him on, on your list. Yeah. Uh, Nick. Yeah. I mean, there's always a big discrepancy in tight ends. You know who your top couple guys are i think in this case there is five guys that really you know make a difference this year i think the mm -hmm. rest are kind of all like in the same boat i mean there's a big point discrepancy from number one to number six you know that's sure. that's you know over 50 points so i mean that's that's a big discrepancy there so i think when we're getting to like the the six to like 15 range it's kind of all just like who plug and play and matchup wise um look this guy's been a disappointment from year in to year out besides his rookie year it's Kyle Pitts I think everyone is super high on Kyle Pitts all the time and I and I was you know one of those guys this year and it it kind of bit me in the butt and I had to pick up someone else um never wanted to drop him and he's probably taking up a roster spot but just the fact that they don't go to him he gets nothing like not any targets doesn't get yards doesn't find the end zone 
it's a pretty uh, abysmal situation there. And the fact that the Falcons sent a first round draft pick, a top 10 draft pick at that on a guy that doesn't really see a ton of productivity. It's, it's pretty unfortunate. Um, I, I'm going to say Evan Ingram as my, my other surprise. I mean, look, we, we know that he was good last year, but the resurgence that he's had in these last couple of years with Jacksonville has been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he battled some injuries again with the giants and kind of was an under the radar signing when they brought him in there. It was that big free agency year where they brought in Christian Kirk and they brought in all those defensive guys and they spent all this money on just like a bunch of guys that we kind of scratched our head on to not be huge difference makers. And look at them now sitting on top of their division and putting some depth around Trevor Lawrence and it's working out. And I mentioned that discrepancy and he's the number fifth tight end right now in face football. And Cole Komet, who is right behind him is, is back by, 24 points so like the, it, it's a big drop off from one to five to six to 15 yeah 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 he's he's great we traded for him in my dynasty league and the guys were scratching it like we gave up a lot for him but he's consistent he stays in the field he's a good target like you're saying for lawrence like i i, I love what ingram has been able to do in jacksonville in an absolute resurgence and great changes great change of scenery yeah he was also like multiple of his injuries were concussions. He had multiple concussions. A lot of people didn't even know how long he was actually going to stay in the league because of that when he was with the Giants. Um, I would say surprise, I guess, but not really. Like just given how we felt about Derek Carr and Jameis Winston as the quarterbacks yeah. in, in New Orleans. But if uh, Taysom Hill is is a guy that probably oh, won yeah. people some leagues or at least got them into the playoffs, at least got them into the playoffs, not one in the leagues, obviously, but he was so crucial in the middle stretch of the season as a guy that became very, very relevant at the tight end position. And he just, he just is a playmaker and he just gets things done. He just gets into the end zone, the rushing yards, you know, obviously the, re- the receptions is not the same as some of the, you know, the top five guys, but sure. and, and, and the passing touchdowns as well. So he, he, he's only ranked, uh, tight end 12, but I think for a lot of people, they found good value with him during the middle of the season. Um, I'll just mention this. This is like an honorable mention, Jake Ferguson. Like, I don't think a lot of people picked him, um, when, when they were drafting. And if you picked him up off of waiver wires, you were definitely okay with what he gave you from a production standpoint. And I'll throw out two surprising guys from, from just a, a whiff, uh, from a whiff standpoint that were woes, uh, mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard and Darren Waller, you know, you spent good draft capital, especially on Darren Waller and the guy can't stay healthy. And even when he's out on the field, you know, he did not find good production and and Goddard, you expected to kind of take that jump and be an upper echelon tight end this year, a top five guy. And I know he got hurt too. Um, but even when he was playing, it was AJ Brown, it was Devonte Smith yeah, and it was Deandre funny. Swift. Like it, Goddard wasn't doing much. And so you, you hate to see that happen when you spend like a top six round pick on a tight end with both those yeah. guys. I want to give a quick little all IR team. We'll, we'll round it out. We'll have Joe Burrow at the quarterback, number one. Uh, my running back, Nick Chubb. My wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. My tight end, Mark Andrews. That team would have crushed it last year. That could have been someone's team. team. That could have been someone's team this year. Totally could have been someone's team. Oh, 100%. You take Justin Jefferson at the one, you take Nick Chubb at the second, you take Mark Andrews in the third, and then you take Joe Burrow as the fourth. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And then you take, sure Mike, you take Mike Williams in the sixth round as your second <laughs> yeah. receiver. Yeah, you could have, totally could have been someone's team. That is such a train wreck. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I do want to say the world beaters this year for me. Um, like I, I, I think, you know, Puka, obviously, you have to throw in there. 
but the real world beaters, if you, if you have these guys, you got to feel good about where you are in the playoffs. And you, these guys probably got you there. Tyree Kill, world beater. Christian McCaffrey, world beater. Um, C.D. Lamb, because he wasn't necessarily a first-round pick. You probably got him in the second round. And you could have Tyree Kill and C.D. Lamb, world beater. And just moving move them up ahead of A.J. Brown. Quarterback position, obviously Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. But you could have gotten Dak Prescott so late, world beater. He's a QB3. And then T.J. Hawkinson, man. He was like the tight end two, tight end three, you know, but not being taken like a first round pick like Kelsey being taken in the third or fourth round. If you saw a guy take him in the third or fourth round, you're like, ooh, that's where you're spending your Hawkinson pick. World beater. He's tied for the tight end one. So he, he's been really, and that's with quarterbacks being in and out of the like, that's crazy carousel. We don't know how it's going to be with Mullins going forward, but to get you here, Hawkinson was my fifth world beater. I like it. Yep. All right, gents. Well, we'll see you guys. Those listening in ten ninety. We don't want to do you. kickers. No, I mean you want young way too, bro. Young way too. Kicker bro. is easy. We know how you feel about kickers, Josh. It's just the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Their defense is one and a half points higher scoring than any other defense out there. And Brandon Aubrey is the best kicker in the NFL scoring wise in fantasy football. So, Weak, but that's not a. If you want to do a surprise defense, I'll give you a surprise defense. The Broncos, since they got bamboozled by like seventy points by the from the Dolphins. In the last five weeks, they have been literally one of the top five defenses. They're, and they have an easy remaining schedule. I was about, I I was about to our, say, if anybody is listening to the show and they're in their fantasy playoffs, they play at Detroit this week, which will be a, a tough matchup, stream someone else. But then they get the New England Patriots, the Chargers without Justin Herbert, and then they get the, the Vegas Raiders. So a divisional game that will probably be very important to that Broncos team who is vying for a playoff spot. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. They were in consideration for my number five when we were talking about the best five teams in football. Right now, Russell Wilson is playing good quarterback and their defense has come to play. Vance Joseph has gotten that defense looking completely different. What a great from, DC that guy is. From the beginning of the season. So yeah, go pick them up in your fantasy football playoffs because it could win you the championship. I did that for us. I, I snagged them for us in our in our you know league that's probably weirdly my best shot to win it all, I would say. We, we need Eckler and Pacheco. To, we need Pacheco to get healthy. We need Eckler to do something. All right. On that note, thank you for adding that, Nick. I'm glad we mentioned the Broncos. We'll see you guys next time. Hit your free throws because they're free. We out you. We love you so damn much. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your host, Alex. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.